The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movie and TV Shows. Hi, everyone. I'm Thomas Sanjuro, and you're listening to The Secrets of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're going to discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this MCU streaming series on Disney+. Joining me for the show today are Andrew Hermes. Hi, Andrew. Hello, hello. And Mike Denz. Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you guys doing? And we were talking about the, on the show beforehand. Uh, this is the first time that Mike and I have had the chance to be on together. So it's uh, nice to meet you, and uh, let's, let's do more of these. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. So before we get started, uh, we'd love to have you be regular listeners to the show. So be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. Also, be sure to share the show and to leave a rating and a review. It's the best way for us to stay relevant to the algorithms. So on this show, we're going to tackle the entire run of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And frankly, if you're listening to this before you've seen the show, that's all right. We're going to spoil the heck out of it, but honestly, only diehard Marvel fans are going to really be upset by that, I think. Uh, I feel like this show is part of the, the new wave of Marvel storytelling that allows them to branch out from the traditional uh, superhero model. And even if you're not into superhero movies, this is a great show. And it really, I felt like it was subversive to the genre in all the right ways. It didn't, you know, it didn't beat you over the head with that. Uh, but it was really good and not being at not being a superhero series. Uh, so before we get too far into the weeds, um, I'd love to hear from both of your opinions on the show generally. But I'd like you to start by sharing your favorite character from the show, because they were all incredibly well built. And it's hard to pick just the single standout lead. Yeah, for me, I think Bucky is probably my favorite character, but um, just just the way his character developed, you know, I loved his story and um, I thought they did a great job, you know, developing Falcon's story, too. Obviously, he has a huge <laughs> evolution, but it's one we saw coming. I mean, we knew he was uh, going to hold that mantle eventually of Captain America. Um, and and I thought it was a very interesting way this, that the season, you know, handled uh, his progression towards towards that. And I know we'll get into that some more, but. Uh, you know, I think for as far as Bucky goes, you know, everything from, you know, if you just think about where we first saw his character, um, how far he's come uh, and and how he's still dealing with a lot of the, you know, heavy baggage that comes with, you know, being uh, the Winter Soldier and being a former assassin um, and doing things, doing awful, evil things against his own will of course but but still those wounds uh are there and just you know seeing him go through therapy and 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 and, and seeing his relationship especially in the beginning of the season with um you know the father of uh of someone that he had to, that he assassinated while being the winter soldier um and and seeing him trying to acclimate to normal life it just added a dynamic to his character um other than, you know, before, like, it, it was more of like, he just looked cool, you know, with his arm and, right. uh, <laughs> you know, with his, uh, uh, you know, how fast he can move and how strong he was, you know, with the, uh, you know, having the, 
the super serum, you know, flowing through his veins. Um, but yeah, we get to see a side of him that we haven't, we've only got glimpses of, but we got, you know, on more of a, a more detailed level. Um, uh, but yeah, quickly, if you were to ask me like who I just had the most fun with, uh, it would be Zemo. Um, cause you know, he just chews up every scene he's in and, uh, Absolutely. it's, it, it's very easy to root for him, even though, you know, he kind of lives on that gray area. Um, right. and you, he is also sympathetic at the same time, because if you remember why he, you know, he became what he is, if you want to call him evil or, or a villain, uh, or, you know, maybe he's trending more towards anti-hero now, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, you can't kind of can't blame him, you know, losing his family. And, and, uh, um, of course he would, he would look at super soldiers like, like winter soldier and captain America and, in that sort of light. And, and with the flag smashers, you know, being introduced this season, obviously, you know, he had, he had an agenda with them. So, uh, but yeah, I, I guess those would be, you know, I know I gave two, but uh, I think, <laughs> for, yeah, I know. Sorry, but sorry, not sorry. But yeah, those would be uh, my, my favorites. I think that's the hardest part about the show is that every one of the characters was just so great. It, even, even the characters yeah. that had limited screen time, there was so much character development for them and uh, so much room and for them to breathe. And they were done so well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you got actors that you've never seen before, and so many of them, some you have, but I mean, some you're like, who's that? And you go look them up on MVD, you know, like, oh, they, okay, they really haven't done anything. And, but they're, they're so, uh, good. Like the, the girl that played, um, uh, Carly, uh, Carly, mm-hmm. um, I mean, she just, she had a great look. I mean, it's real Irish, you know, the red hair and the yeah. freckles and everything, you know, doesn't look like she wears any makeup and, and, and she's, and you, and you're really, I mean, as much as I did not agree with like necessarily her her cause or, or like kind of understand it like from a personal standpoint i still was drawn into you know her passion and i also didn't you know she also was got radical you know so that and um i was mentioning uh the time before that i love um emily vandekamp's uh uh character uh shannon carter um and and i was mad at her for still being the the money-grubbing schemer at the end uh, not to fast forward too much, um, but uh, the way she kind of just popped in and played that character was was so well done. Um, but also the pairing of of Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I don't know how much we got. Like, I guess it's, it's true. I, I had the blessing of of I went to a Comic Con uh, in 2018, uh, and I was telling Tom, my daughter. Um, Tom Hiddleston was there, and that's why we went. She wanted to meet him and get his autograph and all that. But um, Mackie and, and Stan were there, too. Um, and they were together on stage when they did the little interview thing. And they're the same. I mean, like, <laughs> Sebastian is is more, like, subdued and kind of just talking, you know. And Mackie is just all over. He makes fun of everybody. Um, he loves to razz on um, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's merciless. It's it really just is. merciless and hilarious. <laughs> And Holland, you know, they go back and forth and Holland just takes it and then gets in his own jab. But Mackie is just, he doesn't shut up sometimes. It's just so funny. I mean, and even like the, the people in the crowd are defending Holland because all the girls like, like Tom Holland and Mackie just wouldn't back down. So then you see they're in their characters and what they bring to themselves into their characters. And Anthony Mackie's definitely subdued, but he still comes out and he's still, as the Falcon, he's still, you know, the, the Mackie-ness <laughs> comes out. 
And it's just neat because as much as Sebastian has this arc of kind of like this 12 step program, he's going on where he has all these people he has to, he has to go see and, and reconcile with and stuff. Um, he's kind of like the rock. He's kind of like the steady, like, and Mackie, you know, the Falcon's going all over the place. He's dealing with his sister and I, I don't want to sell the boat. And, and, and he's also dealing with, uh, you know, all this world situation and I gave away the shield and maybe I shouldn't, you know, he's got all this stuff going on. And yeah, so does Sebastian, but Sebastian's kind of quietly, you know, just stewing with it and keeping it inside while he's kind of being this rock all the way through yeah. for um, the Falcon. And so I kind of like that. I like the, the the dependency, like even if he's pissed at you or he's not so happy with what you're doing, he's there. He's going to be there, you know, with his super cool arm and everything, you know, and, and doing what he needs to do. And, and it makes that scene where the therapist has them turn and talk to each other so much more powerful where, you know, they're, they're talking <laughs> to each other and, and, and it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. And then all of a sudden, he delivers that line. No, because if 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 you don't believe in yourself, Steve believed in you. And if he was wrong about you, then he was wrong about me. And that is that just like hit like a ton of bricks. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. You know? Yeah, they're not settling for just a bunch of action shots. They, they never have. Mm-hmm. I mean, the MCU is, has got the best rep for you're going to get real stories and real characters. Uh, out of these things, we're not mm-hmm. just going for, you know, the flash and the shock and awe but it's there <laughs> but that's not all definitely i think um my my two favorites since we're picking two we're just kind of going <laughs> whoever we like here <laughs> uh my my two favorites uh in in order second of second and then first were the villains um i loved john walker's character uh i just that actor owned every second that he was playing that character it was so hard to watch him because you you wanted to root for him so much and he was just making the wrong decision every single time he could and it was it was so hard to watch the 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 fall of this of a good person right put into an impossible situation and and that's kind of what you you see at the beginning uh you know Sam's character doesn't want to uh take up the mantle partly because he doesn't feel like he can but also because there's just so much to it and it means so much it's so much more than just being Captain America. Right. Uh, and, and Steve set the bar so high that it's hard to, to fill those shoes. So that was one of my favorites. But then the other was absolutely uh, Zemo was just fantastic. Every line delivered perfectly. Uh, that slithering snake kind of feel to him where he was just waiting. But he was also he wasn't afraid to be friends with the guys that he was going to betray. Right. He, he wasn't afraid to uh, kind of hang out with, um, with uh, the winter soldier and, uh, and Falcon while they were doing all their stuff and, and really talk with him. So there's that you know, great scene on the airplane when he talks about Marvin Gaye and he's like, he's, he's presenting it to him and he, he just deadpans the whole line. And, and he's so serious about it. He's so serious and invested in the conversation with them and, and knowing that he's going to betray him eventually. And they all they all know it. I mean, like none of them are confused about that. But at the same time, he's really trying to be friendly with them. So I just love that character because he's he's fits so much into this kind of like there is no good or evil for him. He's doing the thing that he feels like is right, even though it might be uh, done in the wrong way. He's he's out of line, but he's right. Exactly. He's, <laughs> he's absolutely out of, out of line, but he's right. <laughs> oh, man, I, I think, um you know, I think the one thing that this show, I, if I had to boil it all down, this is my English 
you know, my English degree past coming in here, if I had to boil it all down to one concept, um, legacy was the, the concept that this show really just centered around. So everything from the legacy of one person's own actions, you see that in Bucky, you see that in Zemo, you see it in um, uh, Carly and how she kind of devolves over the course of the thing, even in John Walker's character too. So the legacy of the entire nation, really, uh, you, know, you have all of the, the stuff with Bradley and, um, and how the, uh, his group of super soldiers was treated and generally how super soldiers are treated overall. Um, each character kind of had that concept of a personal legacy that they had to worry about over the course of the show. So, um, you know, as, as well as, as a legacy that was kind of foisted on them by the world, you know, it was like they, they had this thing that they had to do. Uh, so there's excellent themes of like regret, uh, discrimination, disenfranchisement, and uh, just expectations that are put on people that are in positions of power. So I was going to ask you guys here, uh, what do you think the themes uh, from this show that really worked for you, that you liked the best out of the characters and what they were dealing with? Yeah, I, I really think they nailed, um, you know, Falcon's... Uh, message and uh sort of justification for giving him you know the the shield and i think the they understood like the weight of what that would have been like if this was a real life situation um uh i I think they they nailed that perfectly um because you know obviously you're dealing with you know a big theme of the show was was you know, the, the fact that, you know, he's, he's an African-American, you know, uh, that was offered the title, uh, of Captain America by, you know, who was like the epitome of, you know, the, the image of white male, uh, you know, America, Americana, uh, you know, serving country and, uh, you know, is God fearing and, and willing to, uh, you know, to hold the line, so to speak. Um, uh, but knowing what, you know, seeing, seeing someone, I mean, we've, we've seen it here, you know, in in our own country, Uh, anytime, uh, you know, whether, whether it was like, you know, politics aside, you know, having a first black president or having, uh, you know, the first, you know, the first black, uh, you know, uh, female athlete to do such and such break this record or you know whatnot it's always like it's hard to separate as much as we want to it's hard to separate you know the the race and 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 the human accomplishment so i think they understood that so they had to tackle that issue you know it's um it would have been a lot different if like you know steve rogers were to give that mantle to you know any avenger that was a white male, like it would have been a much smoother transition. Um, and I like the way where, you know, where Fal- the Falcon recognized that. And, and that was a big part of why he didn't want it um, was, was knowing like, and then him learning that there's even more, more baggage behind it. You know, uh, when he, when he gets uh, introduced to, well, I'm forgetting his name, but the Isaiah other Bradley. soldier. Yeah. Isaiah Bradley. Like him learning his story um, and and then, uh, you know, where we get to a point in, in, in the show where we feel like, oh, because of Isaiah Bradley's 
story and 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 the effect that character has on him we think that he's never going to take on the mantle right Mm -hmm. i mean it it seems like he's um it, it offered him like discouragement but the way they flipped it to where he felt like it was more than ever he needed to to take the mantle is because of isaiah bradley's uh story is that so he can lift up um those who were disenfranchised before him right um and 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 you know that i guess now famous speech that he gives at the end of the show in front of all the reporters you know it's like he gets to establish like his captain america and put his stamp on it you know he's he's not a super soldier he's he's not you know what uh he he's not going to carry the expectations of a steve rogers um even or, cusses or even, uh, in the middle of the speech, he's, he cusses with all yeah. of these world he's leaders around. He's, he's not going to be he's not gonna shout language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it, it's. I thought it was like it. It, it again when, when you're talking about legacy, it's it, he's. This is like what from now moving forward, being Captain America, and uh, he's gonna. We're gonna be able to you know separate him from everyone else who's played the character, not just in, in film, but like in, in comics, like I know in the comics, he he's, he's their iterations of him as captain America, but this specific Falcon in the MCU is going to, you know, stand out because of that. And, and I thought they handled it in, in a way where it wasn't too like, uh, didn't lean like, you know, right or left or it didn't, I don't right. I felt like it didn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't too preachy or, or anything like that. I think it's, uh, the way the way that they uh you know handled all all of the all of the racial political aspects of it uh social what injustices whatever um i feel like it's it's something that everyone could you know be in line with um so yeah i, I think i think that that established uh, his character uh, in a very important way because it's hard to see anyone but chris evans play that character and and i think the mcu realized that so they're they're making this Captain America just so much different than him that, you know, he doesn't have to worry about living up to that level. Like he can just be he can be Captain America, but he can still, you know, have have his own identity. Very much so. Yeah. They definitely established him as something completely unique. And I thought it was really good to do that in the series to having, um, you know, Walker's Captain America be still that blue with a little bit of red and white in it. And then when you see. Uh, Wilson's character, it's white with a little bit of red and blue, and that was a really good yeah. uh, way to distinguish the two of them. I um, I think the thing I would come up with is integrity, and the reason being is I I like plot twists. I like the unexpected, you know, the not you know not the predictable, like okay, we know what's going to happen next, but the plot twists and the things that you don't think are going to happen. But I don't like unpredictable characters. I don't mm-hmm. like to see somebody who is so seems so obviously good suddenly be bad or do something really wrong you're like wait a minute that why would that person do that or it just it 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 never flows well and it's you i like having characters that have this integrity that you can depend on like this person's going to work it out i i just knew that bucky was going to go back to that father Mm -hmm. you know he's he's going to work it out and he's going to go back and you i wasn't really sure how it was going to work but i you know i had a pretty strong feeling because I didn't know from the comics. I'm, I'm mostly just the cinematic universe guy. Um, but that the Falcon, you know, was going to become Captain America and was going to work through these things. And, and just, I, I like seeing the heroes of the story, um, 
end up being heroes mm-hmm. because they, you know even though they're flawed they come out and they do what you hope they're going to do uh and what you expect them to do because they're dependable and and it's going to work out even though they have their challenges you know uh, throughout um so that's that's kind of like i saw the arc i mean the, the clear arc of falcon the clear arc of bucky and how they went through it and uh the challenges they had to go through but that they came out in the end um i guess that's how i would describe yeah I think that's that's a really good, and they they both leave a very strong sense of of who the Avengers should be, right? Like, you know, we could have anybody be a superhero, and they could be all sorts of. And that was one of the things that I, I thought was really interesting about WandaVision because it gives us a, a view of a broken hero, right? And that she has to kind of pull herself out of that. Uh, and so we see her as a broken hero pulling herself out of that. But then in, here we see two heroes that are not broken but they haven't fully become themselves yet right so bucky's coming out of that period of being broken and um wilson's just he's not really ready to fully accept who he is yet and that that is a, the both of those are really good arcs but you know mike i want to tie up on yours because i think for mine john walker's uh story the plot arc in uh in the series was just so fantastic even as kind of background as foil as it was to the to the main characters because you have this guy who wants to be good he's trying to be good and he gets pressured into being better you know to, to filling a role that's that's bigger than he can fill and um and he just can't keep up and i think that was the the big uh big turning point for him was you know being humiliated by the uh uh the uh the Wakandan uh, characters when they, when they fight w- with him and he, they humiliate him in that moment and Zemo gets away from them, but uh, they're just superior to him and it, and he can't stand that. And he has that mental break sort of moment. And um, he takes the superhero serum. He, he falls, but then he comes back and that was, you get to see this, this beautiful redemption arc for him where y- you feel like he's going even deeper into the, to the dark side, right? He makes his own Captain America shield and he shows up to stop the, the terrorists by feeling, you feel like he's going to be there to kill him. And then it turns on a dime. All of a sudden he's no, he's actually making the right decision suddenly. And, uh, it's such a great moment to see this guy that has kind of been, uh, broken in, in front of us. Like the character has been torn open. And then he gets put back together in the same moment. And so we have this question at the end. Okay, who is this U.S. agent going to be? And I feel good about it. I feel like they could take this chance to really make a a good character out of him. And in the comics, um, U.S. agent is not a bad guy. He's, yes, he's a little bit more edgy than Captain America, but he's not... Um, he's not the guy that's smashing people in the face with a shield until they die. That's, you know, that was a moment, uh, you know, cut out of Walker's life that makes him become a better person. And I hope that's kind of where they keep pushing his story as we go along. What, by the way, just a a segue from that just what a what a great uh cameo by julia louis dreyfus i know right (laughs) did did not see that coming i mean they kept that casting a secret um yeah like when she came on screen i'm like am i watching a different show here is this like veep or something like (laughs) not who uh, you would expect to be in the mcu at all right (laughs) not at all um but yeah i think 
yeah, I think her her character along with uh, now U.S. agent, I think I think that I think that that'll make for a cool. Uh, I don't know whatever they have plans for for their future is probably a, for a season two of of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier or a, a different series or, or film. But I, I'm very looking forward to to what they have in store for the, for that. Definitely, I think it'll be a good story to tell. Does Dreyfus's character in the comics? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Now, th- though, she seems to be a little shady. Is that is that correct? She's kind of she's kind of like um, uh, I would describe her as she's not like a villain, mm-hmm. um, but she's more like she play like a, she plays like that gray area. Like she's willing to do any. It's 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 kind of like you know what the U.S. agent's character. You know mm-hmm. his philosophy was was like as as long as the job is getting done. Like, don't ask any more questions. Like, just just kind of let me handle it. And if if I need to do some some shady stuff to get there, you know, it's kind of like don't ask, don't tell sort of thing. So she kind of plays those lines. And but yeah, she was she was she wasn't like a really like like you mentioned, like the U.S. agent, not not really a villain or an evil character, but but can get in can get into some trouble. Not not as dark as Punisher, but. (laughs) <laughs> but still questionable right. right and and i think that her her role is more like that that um paramilitary which you see a lot of that kind of pop up in this one where it's that paramilitary like are they really military or are they vigilant yeah. she's yeah she's kind of a counterpart to to nick fury where she's like a, a leader of you know an organization or, or like a secret you know super classified team of heroes or anti-heroes and but she usually mixes in with the anti-heroes or with the you know the villains kind of like the she can you know she's not so much what's of viola davis's character for suicide squad i'm forgetting that's the exactly what i was thinking of yeah she's she's not <laughs> as like started- messed up not as messed up as her but she uh, kind of has her own suicide squad sort of so to speak where it's she's not really dealing with avenger type characters but more like you know Kind of where Zemo's left off. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if she worked with Zemo in the future. You know, yeah, that, um, that would make sense. Some stuff. People yeah. she can depend on to get it done without worrying about breaking, you know, bending a few rolls here and there. Yeah, I don't think she would implant an explosive in their in their heads, but <laughs> or in their necks. Um, but uh, but yeah, she, I think she's you know offering you know criminals immunity stuff like that. Like totally, totally the type of character that she, she would play. Definitely a more uh, real world sort of superhero than the Steve Rogers kind of feel that we mm-hmm. know uh, from some of the Avengers. Which I like. I like that they're going with that more uh, gritty tone to it, but not really. It's not dark. It's it's just okay. Well, you know, lots of challenging things are happening. So what would these superheroes uh, do? And it's not you know the it's not like Bad Boys or or uh, something like that. But it's definitely we see that there are challenges to being a superhero. So there's definitely more discussion, but I want to take a break here to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV, especially Angie, Allison K, Thaddeus P and the S family and Ben B their generous donations at SQPN slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV and all the shows here at StarQuest. We'd love for you to join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So while WandaVision was a little more thematic across the breadth of the show, I think this one deserves some attention on a plotline basis. Um, so we're going to do a, a brief recap of each show and then uh, anything that you guys remember specifically from the shows as we're talking about them. Uh, let's bring up some of that stuff and talk about it. 
because uh, every every turn there were so many characters and so much stuff happening that it's hard to just talk about the general show without going into some little specifics. So I have some brief synopses that I wrote up as brief as I possibly could because these shows were dense. <laughs> uh, so we start off with the first episode, which is New World Order. And uh, we start with Falcon running a paramilitary mission. Uh, turns out that uh, maybe the blip people coming back from the, the dust are is not so great for the world. Um, so we've got this flag smasher organization. Excuse me. That's um, that started. And in the midst of all of this, uh, Sam has to make a choice about what to do with the shield. And he doesn't feel that he's ready for it. And this is where we get the cameo from uh, Don Cheadle uh, and the talk back and forth between them about whether or not he should be giving the shield. But uh, Wilson ends up handing the shield over to the U.S. government for display. And we find out that Wilson's family is actually in uh, difficult straits financially. And it doesn't matter that he's a superhero. There's not real that doesn't make money. (laughs) So. I thought that was a, an interesting look at the superhero life, um, especially when they went to get try to get a loan. Right. <laughs> and the guy's like, could I get your autograph? But no, I can't give you a loan. <laughs> you know? it's, it's like, yeah, sure. I'll sign the, the loan paper, please. Right? <laughs> uh, and then uh, we see also that uh, Barnes is in therapy. So Bucky Barnes is um, he's in therapy as part of his uh, release deal. So they're they're forgiving him for the things that he did as the Winter Soldier. But he has to go to therapy uh, as part of that deal. And then at the end of the show, we get the surprise that the the government uh, makes John Walker the new Captain America without letting uh, Sam Wilson know at all. So anything you guys noticed about this one? I think this was a pretty good intro to the series, generally speaking. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think it's it's a good um, recap of um, or like a good establishment of where the characters are from where we left off. And uh, with a neat surprise and tease at the end that kind of sets the the tone for the rest of the season so yeah pretty much everything you would want out of a first episode um and and i think from here on out as we get into the the other episodes of the season the show just got got better and better because after this one you got to dive into the actual you know actual plot and and the the sort of stakes that we're dealing with i i was definitely like looking at my daughter going who is this guy (laughs) yeah I, i was very like and and the um the guy that plays him, uh, he's not, you know, like the, the, the perfect chiseled looks of of uh, Chris Evans. He's kind of got a goofy looking like nose and face. So he 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 looks like some sort of uh, like Joker like cartoon character in in this Captain America outfit. Like, right? That doesn't look right at all. He, he's not supposed to look. So it was even extra kind of strange to see that kind of face in he, in he looks Alpha. like the, the the old guy in up he uh, does, he does yeah. a little bit like yeah, that putting, doesn't he? putting the yeah, yeah putting the strange the... profile and it yeah. was just like what <laughs> you know so you know it even made it more kind of uh almost not not i don't know if comical is the right word but just kind of like strange like what you know yeah an awkward kind of uh bizarro captain america Bingo. for that first glimpse yeah, I, I wonder how much went into the costuming because that helmet did not look uh, like I don't know. It just didn't look heroic, right? It looked like it kind of yeah. bit him funny, and yeah, I think they were going for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were. They were. Yeah, it had to have been very intentional. Kind of yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that when they come up with the use of agent, it's good. <laughs> he clean. I mean, he 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 does. I mean, he's a handsome guy. I mean, right. he, Wyatt Russell is you know Kurt Russell, and I think Jane Fonda is his mom. 
I know. His, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I know Kurt Russell's his dad, and he has a famous mom. I think it's Jane Fonda. I might be wrong, but so good genes. And uh, I think it's Sally Field. No. <laughs> yeah, now, we're all, now we're all Kurt trying Russell to look it up, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Kurt Russell was with somebody now. for a long time, but I don't yeah. remember who it was. But and he, yeah, and usually oh, no, it's, and it's Goldie of, Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Yeah. Goldie, Goldie Hawn. Hawn. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. And a lot, and in a lot of his roles, he has a beard mm-hmm. and he looks good in a beard, but yeah, he's clean shaven and yeah, they made him look goofy in that mask. It was, <laughs> they did a really good job with that. Yeah. It definitely, yeah, it definitely looks strange. And I think the, I think the ears hanging out thing was like, you know, the mask was pushed down and his ears were poked <laughs> out. It was like, oh gosh. So yeah, that first, that first glimpse you get of him was just, that, you look at him and you go, that's not Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just very, kinda, if you remember that first glimpse, they, they, they did the hero angle, the hero uh-huh. shot, like they shot it from, <laughs> from below. Yeah. And yeah, he did not look like a hero. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Okay. So I wasn't imagining it. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. sure that was, there was a lot of intentional decision-making going on in that one. Yeah. <laughs> So the next one, the next episode was, I think where some of the hard hitting stuff really starts because the, the first episode, you kind of get a feel for, uh, some of the things, but then we start to really see what the flag smashers are about, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I'll go through that one real quick. Um, Walker at the very beginning is on good morning America, trying to talk about how much he wants to fill Steve Rogers shoes. Um, and Barnes uh, and Wilson have a talk and Barnes is chastising him for giving up the shield. He, he says, that's your shield. You shouldn't have given up, given it up. And we find out later why he's so intent on that. But at this point, you know, it just makes sense for him to say, Hey, that, that wasn't a good idea. I was there with you. He gave you the shield. He wanted you to have it. Um, but even so, the two make a really good uh, smack talking team as they go up against Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers. And um, after that fight, because they're fighting super soldiers, uh, Barnes thinks it's good to introduce uh, Sam to uh, another super soldier that he knew of in Isaiah Bradley. So he takes him to downtown. Uh, where was it? Detroit? I don't remember where. Uh, I want to. Was Bradley it was. Cleveland? Maybe it might have been Cleveland. Maybe, but yeah, um, it could have been Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. But it was. It, it's one of those areas where it's you know traditionally it's not a very great area, and um, and so Isaiah Bradley uh, is a former super soldier that has a very shaded past. Like there's a lot of really bad stuff that happened to him, not that he did, but that happened to him because of the super soldier uh, serum, and then. Um, uh, Barnes gets in trouble because he's uh, missing. He missed a therapy session. He gets uh, brought in for questioning and is uh, arrested. But then Walker springs him from prison. And instead of joining him at this point, because Walker's still kind of smug about being the the new Captain America, uh, uh, Wilson and Barnes both decide to go off and seek the help of someone else to um, work with them against the Flag Smashers. And the other person that's obvious in this case, if you were keeping up with Marvel lore was uh, obviously Helmut Zemo who is in prison, but that, you know, that's the next episode where we <laughs> start to see the, the vigilanteism really, uh, really shine. Um, and I, I like, uh, like you were saying earlier, Mike, uh, Carly's character is just, it, it's great. It's hard not to empathize with her because she does have that, that innocent, but also a uh, very strong face and, and demeanor about her. And I don't know if you guys know, if you guys remember, she was also the um, rebel commander in Solo. Uh, when uh, Oh, yeah. Han I instantly recognize her yeah. from that. Like, oh, that's the girl from Solo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognize her, but I looked it up. And I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's she and she a very kind of youthful. Uh, 
idealism about her, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and yeah, you, you were drawn into her, uh, and, and tried to, um, understand, you know, that, that this was not something where they were, they were traditional villains in any sense. They were more of, of the, you know, we have a cause and we, we might be going about it the wrong way, but you know, we, we do have a just cause here. And it's, it's hard. It's a hard position to be put in to deal with all of these people who have found a home within the last five years because everything was abandoned. Half of the world was abandoned. And now suddenly all of those people are back and want to return to their lives as they were, but the world has changed in the meantime. So what do you do about that? It's really, it's really a, a, a challenging problem. That's, that's even more challenging than the problem that, uh, Thanos was trying to solve with his messed up solution, right? <laughs> Definitely. It, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. I was, I'm watching, uh, a, another series where, um, a wife thought dead comes back and her husband's married. And so they have that whole trope where they got to like, well, who does he love and what, what goes on and, uh, part action, whatever. But it's just kind of like you empathize with both. You empathize with the people that have been around for the last five years. Uh, and, and thought, you know, well, this is, you know, uh, the way the world is, then all of a sudden people come back. I mean, you just kind of imagine somebody coming back and saying, Hey, this is my house, you know, or this is where I live, or yeah. what did you do to my place? And like, but you were gone. I'm sorry. You know, that's, that's, uh, it's an interesting, it's interesting that they actually thought of, let's, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with that right. as like not just, uh, uh, an unfortunate circumstance or a little blip here and there. We can really make it into half the world came back and they want their stuff back. Uh, did you did you guys watch any of the Defenders series when it was on Netflix? The Daredevil and Punisher. Oh, oh yeah, and those. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, so so Absolutely. that was one of the other ones that was really good at, at dealing with the kind of fallout from everything that was happening. So it was you know in uh, in spots in New York that were affected by the you know post the New York thing, right? And um, they had to pick up the pieces, and there were a lot of situations in which not so savory characters stepped in to uh, pick up those pieces. And so we saw the rise of Kingpin and the daredevil having to fight against him and daredevil as a Catholic character was fantastic. So if you haven't watched that series, definitely give it a shot. It was really amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, But yeah, I thought that this, this kind of, I love this stuff. That's the fringes of what happens when a superhero gets done because yeah, there's a lot of destruction. There's a lot of fallout. Um, you can't just get rid of half of the human population and then have them come back and not have it be an issue. We, we already have a problem with scarcity narrative. Just imagine, you know, once you've actually quote unquote solved that and then everybody's back and now we're back to square one, if not worse. <laughs> I, I really, I sympathized a lot with the flag flag smashers. I thought that was a great uh, angle all the way through, even, even with their less savory, way of dealing with things it was understandable and there, there was never a point where you were like well obviously they're the bad guys um so we get to episode three where it's called power broker and um zemo uh who uh barnes and wilson go to see offers to help them against the super soldiers so barnes orchestrates a prison escape shady dealings from the guy who's uh just been forgiven of all of his crimes um, and they travel together to Madripoor to find a hydra scientist named Dr. Wilfred Nagel and ask about the super soldier serum. And there they meet Shannon Carter or Sharon Carter when um, uh, she saves them from the when, when they're exposed. And now every bounty hunter in the city is after them uh, because 
they're the guys that if they can get them, they're going to have a lot of money, a lot of reward money one way or another. Uh, and she, she shows them the way the Nagel's lab after they stay with her uh, for a little, for a time period. We find out that Morgenthau has all the serum and Zemo uh, in a moment of confusion kills Nagel and destroys the lab. Uh, and Wilson at this point, um, uh, when, when they're escaping, Wilson promises Carter that he'll get her pardoned. And uh, then the show ends on this one with the Flag Smashers destroying a GRC facility and Barnes uh, sinking off to uh, talk with uh, Wakandan Dora Milaje Ayo about his partnering with Zemo and how she wants him back. She want, they want to take him into custody. So I think this is the one where we start to see some of Zemo's story unfold uh, in a really interesting way. And we don't know why until the next episode. Like, we don't really get a full view of what he's doing. Uh, we know some of it from, you know, his story in Civil War. But I, th- I think now we get to see just how devoted to the end of Super Soldiers he really is. Awkward silence. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, move on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Which isn't good for a podcast. Oh, I it's all good. So we get to the fourth episode, which is called The World is Watching. And um, Barnes is on a timeline to get Zemo, uh, to use Zemo uh, to help track down Morgenthau. And uh, even though he's never on the same page as Wilson and Barnes, uh, Walker uh, intercepts them at the funeral. And while uh, Sam's trying to talk to Carly and convince her that, you know, maybe what she's doing is going down the wrong path. Uh, Walker steps in and ruins the whole thing by uh, getting into a fight with her. And in the fight, there's a big chase sequence and it ends up that Carly drops all the super soldier serum on the ground. And this is where we see Zemo uh, step in and just absolutely trash the entire stash of super soldier serum. You, you almost get to this point where you watch him and you're like, well, what's he going to do? Is he going to take some? And then, no, he's just that dedicated to this cause of ending this concept of super soldiers. He just starts smashing them all. And uh, in this, Walker grabs one of them and holds on to it. And there's that beautiful scene at the end uh, where him and his, his sidekick, uh, Amar Hoskins, they have that conversation about what would you do if you had the opportunity to take the super soldier serum? And um, there's no real resolution to that conversation, which I thought was the the best part, like they don't really decide one way or the other. They just talk about, you know, wouldn't it be nice? Like, it's kind of like this wistfully, ah, wouldn't it be great if we could just do that? But there's no like, yes, of course I would, or no, of course I wouldn't uh, kind of answer to it. So um, I asked to ask you guys about that. The character Battlestar, I think is really, um, is really significant. Um, The Lamar Hoskins, um, you, you know, we don't, his character ends, his character arc ends during the show, but, uh, I thought he was a really good uh, sidekick for this particular type of Captain America. What did you guys think about him? Yeah, I thought, you know, it was obviously important to have that character uh, who, who was a part. Obviously, seeing his end, you know, you know, that that serves as the motivation of uh, his character to go on the path that he does and to ultimately take the serum and, and all of that. And we'll get into that. But. Yeah, I thought it 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 showed it showed like you know first of all he had like this brother in arms you know that he just shared all this all these experiences with you know fighting in wars and and you know having good memories and and obviously must have had plenty of bad memories with them too but they shared that and you know it was important to or 
for us to sympathize with the the humanity of uh walker's character to ha- to have him because we you know th- th- there was like his uh it's not a, like they showed like his it's not walker's was it his wife or girlfriend that, like I think it was his wife his wife yeah, yeah were they married yeah like she didn't play that big of a role like we got glimpses of her um here and there but like m- more than anyone Battlestar's character was like the person that you know he was closest to and to see to see the loyalty that they had for each other was was cool to see it kind of played off of falcons and right. winter soldiers sort of relationship like they're extremely extremely loyal to each other but you know they they're not afraid to you know air their disagreements and uh you know but like walker and Balsar pretty much you know agreed on everything uh yeah just you know they, they would sing to each other's tune all the old, time old football so, buddies right <laughs> that's that's exactly. kind of the way they're presented yeah. and the way they follow through and so then yeah you, you know i think and that's what you know, when when we get to the end of this episode, because at that point, you know, uh, Walker makes the decision to take the, the super soldier serum. And then uh, they end up in another fight with, uh, well, they, they go to uh, confront uh, Wilson and Barnes about their uh, partnership with Zemo because they find out that, you know, they help Zemo escape from prison. And in the middle of that is the real moment where, um, where Walker gets humiliated by uh, the Dora Milaje when they uh, fight him. And they're able to really easily best. It's almost like they're playing with him and it's so insulting to him uh, that he doesn't have the power that Steve Rogers has. But I think that's the moment where he decides, you know, this, this is the way to fix this. I need to become just like Steve Rogers. And so he decides to use that serum uh, to then go through the, the transition. And um, I love the, the I think in, in one of the, cap, the one of the Captain American movies, I'm not sure which one it was. They talk about the fact that the serum doesn't uh, make you any better. It just brings out more of who you are. And that's such a great thought to go through and then to watch what happens to um, Walker when we see Battlestar killed during their uh, trying to jump the Flag Smashers. And then he chases one of the one of them out and then just brutally. Uh, murders them which i think is this is probably the most brutal scene we've had in any marvel property uh today and they did it very tastefully they were you know they were really good about not showing exactly what was happening but it was very clear what was happening and all of the onlookers watching were horrified to see walker just murder this guy in essentially cold blood even though it was for revenge and i thought it was interesting to see that this was an avenge of someone's death. And so he really is an Avenger in an odd sort of way uh, when this happens. Didn't they flash back to the original scientist who helped develop the sermon, who kind of handpicked Steve, the, the wimpy Steve. Yes. To be, you know, he's like, you know, this is gonna, I want someone like you because you already have the characteristics that the sermon isn't going to give you, but we'll bring out. Um, and then they, you know, kind of contrasted that with, uh, Walker and what happens uh, with him, um, and I, I that was really helpful in kind of being reminded of that. Um, and the one thing I'll say about Battlestar, besides the fact that um, in the very beginning he kind of legitimized. I mean, if you had the goofy you know, Walker that we discussed from his first you know shot of him in the first episode. You're like, what the heck is this guy? But then Battlestar came in when he was kind of like going through like, okay, this is what I got to do. This is what I'm going to be. And he came in and kind of built him up and kind of, for me, at least as an, an audience member was like, okay, 
this guy's all right. You know, he's he's a hero. He's he knows what he's doing. He's got this other guy who's a who's a buddy of his who's obviously also a good guy. You know, um, but the other thing that I just I, I loved was when he introduced himself to Falcon and the um Bucky as Battlestar and they're just like, okay, right. forget it. <laughs> yeah. Like what kind of corny it's name is, goofy, yeah. is this? <laughs> yeah, Which, I, I can't deal with it. From two guys named uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> the Winter right? Yeah, well there and there was that other moment too when um when they're walking through the, the downtown area and one of the kids refers to um Wilson as uh the Black Falcon, right? And that was another <laughs> good play on on the names and how goofy these superhero names can be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, I, I think this, this moment was intense. It was, um, it was really good, but it was, it, it, it's, it's about as dark, I think, as I want Marvel to get, if I'm honest, because I think that's one of the problems that I've seen in the DC stuff is that it's gotten a little too uh, shady with the way that they've, the direction that they've gone with some things. And, um, and and a lot of you know a lot of the other superhero stuff that's coming out right now. I mentioned um, Bad Boys earlier, and um, the the other one that's really popular right now is Invincible, and both of those are very dark uh, takes on the superhero genre, which is fine in limited fashion. But I think you know one of the things that we want about these is that they are they are paragons of whatever they're standing for. Not only are they superhuman, but they're also super uh, virtuous and in the way that they deal with things. So even if they've got a checkered past like Tony Stark, or they are kind of, uh, you know, lackluster in the way that they deal with things like star Lord, uh, they still are truly virtuous in the way that they deal with things. And this moment was really, it was tough. It was tough to watch captain America, <laughs> you know, it was tough to watch the shield. Yeah. Like, no, that's not what the shield is for. <laughs> <laughs> this is the exact opposite. <laughs> And it's ironic, too, because DC does have the more classic, virtuous, you know, Superman, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman characters that have no flaws, that are like perfect Christ-like characters or something. Uh, and, and Marvel has all the, the goofballs that were like stung by spiders or, you know, whatever. Just uh, the, the guys that have flaws that had certain powers thrust upon them and um, have to work through them. Um, but yet they've been able to maintain that. Uh, like I said in the beginning, the, that these are guys with integrity and character that do work through their flaws and come out as heroes. In so we get to the next episode, which is called Truth, very simply. Uh, fifth, uh, second to last episode. And this one was probably the most jam-packed <laughs> episode. These last two episodes were just, there was so much going on. And it was so great, but it was like, it, it, was, it was. It was a mini-movie, each one of these last two uh, episodes. And uh, so we see Wilson and Barnes demand the shield back from Walker but then they have a fight and the fight leads to uh, a destruction of the Falcon suit, uh, the wing suit. And uh, then Barnes uh, goes to find Zemo in Sokovia and uh, Wilson takes the suit to uh, Joaquin. Uh, uh, well, he takes it, he takes it to Joaquin and Joaquin, if, if you, if you don't know the comics, Joaquin is, uh, is a version of the Falcon. So after uh, Wilson takes up the mantle of Captain America, he keeps a wing suit. But uh, Joaquin also becomes uh, another uh, version of the Falcon and doing the same kind of thing that Wilson was as well. So that was I thought that was a really good kind of throw over to the comics there. And then we see Walker receive an other than honorable discharge uh, 
before uh, being approached by the Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, uh, which is uh, Julie Lee Dreyfus's character with that purple shock of hair. <laughs> that was it was just so great. She had that bubblegum chewing, like sunglasses, bubblegum chewing, uh, always on your phone kind of mentality that uh, she brings to everything, really. <laughs> and she brought it to this character so well. And um, there we go, oh, Joaquin Torres. Uh, so Wilson leaves his suit with Joaquin Torres uh, and then visits Bradley to test his thoughts about taking up the Captain America. And uh, that scene to me was impressive because it's that moment of going to see a mentor, you know, going to see the wise man and asking, okay, is this really what I'm supposed to do? And again, he comes out without an answer. Like it, the answer the answer very clearly from Bradley is no, obviously you can't do that. Uh, but he gives just as much wisdom as he gets in that conversation. And we were left not really knowing, you know, I think that's one of the things you were talking about earlier, Andrew was that we're left not really knowing what he's going to do. And that's the stakes are still high at this point because we know he has to become captain America at some point, but are they going to drag this out for two, three seasons or are they going to go ahead and let him and let him do it? Is, is that what's happening? And then we get the great, uh, two-part uh, series of scenes where they go back to Louisiana and they help fix the boat and they have party with the people that are there and it's kind of that relaxed moment in the middle of the storm and we get the training montage, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> and Mike, you and I were talking about that earlier, that the, the training montage was, it really clarified some things, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, what it must be like to try to deal with the shield and, and all the misses and, and uh, near decapitations that right? avoided. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think it's not as easy to throw as you think it might be. <laughs> no. So uh, and then um, and then the show ends with uh, the Flag Smashers planning to attack uh, a GRC meeting in New York. And then we get that awesome mid credit scene, which if you weren't watching the credits, you would miss. I don't know why they threw only one mid credit scene. <laughs> that, was, that was annoying. Uh, but they, you get that mid credit scene where uh, John Walker's making his own version of the Captain America shield. And that's really, you're like worried, like, okay, what, what is this guy going to do? Because this is not good. And then we end up last episode, uh, one world, one people. And um, I got a lot to say about this one because uh, there's some stuff that happens that I, that I really enjoy and some stuff that I was kind of eh, iffy about. Uh, but Wilson flies to New York as the new Captain America, which, um, okay. What, thoughts on his suit before we go any further. <laughs> um, not my favorite design, but like I, I, I think it's it fits his character because it's super flashy, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm sure a lot of what he does is uh, you know involves him flying at super speeds and twirling in the air, so it looks cool from that point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like just him walking around in that you know really white suit, like it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of silly looking on a ground level. But yeah, I didn't hate it. I I I, I thought like I said, I thought it fit his character. Um, and, and his characteristics, uh, pretty well. Um, so yeah, maybe they will be, you know, like with most characters, evolutions of it. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm hoping in the next iteration, they tone down the shoulder pads. That was the thing that really, right. Yeah. <laughs> shoulder very pads bulky. Yeah. I mean, it makes, I think, you know, they, they try to also border on realism, you know, mm-hmm. like he's, again, he's not a super soldier, so it would make sense that he's padded very well. And, you know, I guess the Wakandans put some extra vibranium on there right? <laughs> to, to make sure it's yeah. like, you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I thought, I thought that, uh, you know, like silly, 
on one part, but I can understand why it's it's so flashy. I, I, I agree with that. I think that it fits his character, even if it is a little overly flashy for my taste. <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember what he had on his eyes as the Falcon. I feel so stupid that I can't because I didn't like the, you know, blue blocker sunglass thing. Like that he looks like he's a basketball player or something like that yeah. with the, the big goggles. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just like nothing else is on his head, but these big, uh, these, these big sunglasses. Yeah. Well, it's because when he was the, when he was the Falcon, he had the, they basically look like, like Oakleys, right? They look kind of like that thin. They had a much thinner profile to them. Yeah, and yeah. these almost look bug eyed. Like it's like okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's what it was. And 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 yeah. So I mean, I thought you know the, the suit itself it's symmetrical. The colors are cool. I mean, I had no problem with it. Um, I just remember thinking, why is he wearing this sunglasses? <laughs> it looks like a bug or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I was, I was fine with it. And I was kind of looking forward to it because obviously they they didn't like hide the fact that you know there's something special in that box, you know, right? And he didn't open it right away, so you knew that you know, what was in there, and you really just wanted to see what it, you know. Put it on, will you? So, right. um, yeah. So I, I don't think I was like disappointed when I saw it. No, and I'll tell you the fighting uh, with the shield and the and the wingsuit was awesome. They did such a good job oh, with yeah. that. Lots of little fun ways of him being his own very unique uh fighter with the with the shield and um and for anybody that doesn't know that was one of the things that um chris evans brought to the captain america character uh was he he did a lot of thinking about how you would fight with a shield and so a lot of the fight scenes he helped choreograph because he was because he knew both dramatically as an actor what was going to work but also he got into thinking about how Captain America would use the shield and you see a very different way of fighting uh, that's been given to, or I'm not sure how much um, a reworking of the choreography with the actor, but you see this new way that he fights and it's very unique to Falcon's style of, you know, being here and then being able to go somewhere else and have the shield kind of follow or, or uh, attached to him as he's going or just expecting it to be there when he gets there kind of thing. So uh, they, they end up fighting the, the Flag Smashers and they foil the plan. Um, there's lots of uh, ups and downs throughout this whole thing. And when Walker appears, it's kind of an, a tense moment because we're not sure exactly how he's going to react to everything that's going on. But then he ends up being uh, very heroic in the end in, in saving the day in his own way, but, but being part of the solution, not part of the problem, which was he need that, that character needed that redemption for any sort of move forward, honestly. Uh, and then uh, Sharon Carter's there as well, which was an interesting twist. Uh, and we, uh, it, when did you guys realize that she was the power broker? I have to pretty early. Yeah. I don't remember what episode it was, but um, I remember like thinking like, Oh yeah, they're, this is probably the direction they're going. And I wasn't, I mean, at first I was like, I don't think it would be believable. I hope they didn't, they wouldn't go that route by the end of it. I felt like, you know, I wasn't as sour on it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like she, she can definitely play. Like it's definitely, it definitely became more believable that, you know, no, just knowing that, you know, gosh, the, her whole career, you know, knowing everything that she knows and mm-hmm. having all the uh, knowledge and, 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 and all like the connections uh, that she has, she could easily pull off something like being a power broker. 
Right. And then as we see at the very end, making these sort of like inner political career moves, you know, to, to, to try and, you know, to try and uh, have, you know, financial gain, you know, just selfishly, but, but also like, you know, kind of like we were saying with the uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, like, you know, she's not going to be like the bad guy or girl, um, but, you know, she's going to make a mess here or there, mm-hmm. uh, leave a trail of uh, some unsavory dealings or or deal with some unsavory characters. So, yeah, I, I thought again, I, I called it, but I, I'm glad by the end of it, I was kind of more OK with, with her being the power broker. I had no idea just because I don't have all the the comic book stuff that you guys, you know, would have necessarily to kind of help fill in things. So if you can imagine, there's an awful lot of characters and concepts going on that right. I'm like trying to keep up <laughs> with and take care of. So, so even like figuring out what the power broker is, is, is hard enough. Yeah. But like, and who might be the power broker? Does, does it really matter who's the power broker, you know, and just kind of move on to try to keep up with the main stuff. So, you know, a lot of those little details, I would need a second viewing to like, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And get into a little bit more of that. There was more than one time I had to turn to my daughter and be like, who's that? Why, why do we know that? <laughs> right. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. It was, so, I mean, it was like, intense. I'll admit, I had no idea who, um, uh, uh, Zemo was. I mean, I was mm-hmm. just like, what? You know? And then she goes back and we had to actually to pull up, you know, um, uh, Civil War. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> That guy, I remember him. Right. I, well, it's because I, he played such a pivotal but tiny role in um, Civil War, right? Like, he, he wasn't on screen much at all. Uh, no, I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, I knew who that was, and I'm like, but I don't recognize him. But then when I look, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, okay. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Same, yeah, same actor. Same, same actor. And he does, and it's, it's you, you see him in this series, and you're like, man, it was such a waste not to have him have a bigger role <laughs> in Civil War. But you, you, you understand why, because a movie is a movie and it's only got a certain amount of runtime. And when you've got so many actors on screen, it's hard to like take right. a new guy and give him any screen time at all. But uh, yeah, he was so good at delivering lines in this one, especially. And so then uh, I, so just to finish out, they do manage to corner Morgenthau. And while um, Wilson is fighting her, it's pretty obvious that he's not going to win. And so Agent Carter shoots him or not Agent Carter, but uh, Carter shoots him, shoots her at this point and kills her. And it's, it's disappointing because Sam really wanted to redeem her because he believed in what she was doing. And it, it was a tough moment watching that because I was like, you know, you really wanted, you, you were rooting for him, but you were rooting for her too, to kind of come back to the, to the light and come back to the good side of things. And then Sam, uh, flies her body over to the GRC group and he gets his moment. He gets his, uh, his Captain America speech. And it, it's, it's very much not Steve Rogers, but it's very much what kind of needed to happen at that point. Right. And I, I think you mentioned earlier, Mike, that uh, he's a very wordy actor, right? <laughs> he talks a lot <laughs> as, as a person. Uh, and that comes through very much in, um, you know, in this speech, the speech is a lot more wordy, I think, than uh, than anything that Steve Rogers would have given. Yeah, they weren't going to win. They they weren't going to win uh, with him. They weren't going to talk him down and get him to say, OK, forget it. He was just going to like, no, I, I like the fact that in that scene, they these these politicians that can kind of hide behind their sound bites and their interviews and stuff. They're like, no, you're right here and you're going to answer the tough questions mm-hmm. and you're going to have to deal with, you know, you're going to have to look this this 
situation right in right in the eyes. Here's this dead girl uh, because uh, you guys aren't doing this right. You know, you guys aren't looking at them as real people. Yeah, and I thought it was uh, it it was good because it was it was what they needed, and it's the Captain America I think that we needed to see like was was the person that was going to step up and speak to the authority and uh, and say no this is not good enough you you need to be better than this and at the core that's what captain america right what he represents like you know you're you this is what america's about this is what you know uh which is our ideals and he's different you know it's like we have different saints and they're all <laughs> they're all at the core for the same thing but they have different personalities different mm-hmm. ways of doing things and you know he had to be his own captain america and as we said before you you weren't going to confuse him with steve rogers at all uh, but he definitely stepped up as uh, someone who could have the shield. Also different than Steve Rogers, like after the whole uh, Civil War fallout, Steve kind of had to, you know, go go kind of rogue, mm-hmm. you know, uh, him and his whole everyone that was on his side. Um, and I think Falcon could have easily done that. Um, you know, maybe him and one of soldier just would, you know, stay a team, but they would just kind of work you know, on, on an underground level and, and, you know, do, do it that way. But uh, no, he chose to be in the spotlight and, and take that mantle and, you know, introduce his way of doing things and, and what, what needs to be done and, and making sure, you know, that things are done right. And, and not just like, instead of uh, just flat out, you know, opposing the system, trying to work with the system towards a resolution rather than just taking it into your own hands and, you know, doing things potentially illegally or uh, behind closed doors. So, yeah, I think that's that's another thing that would separate him and, and Steve Rogers character and how they handled the, those sort of situations when they were presented. And, and you saw, too, I, I, I was reading something on this uh, where they showed how much darker Steve's costume got, you know, and, and the flag was kind of blotted out and the star was just faded into the, the darkness, dark blue of his suit. By the time, you know, uh, we, we were seeing him in the last couple of movies. Um, and we talked about the contrast of uh, Walker's suit with mm-hmm. the Falcon's new suit. Well, that's a big contrast, too. When you look at the last way Steve Rogers was with how dark his outfit got, it was really almost just this combat dark suit with details you had to look real closely at. And then all the white that was um, in Falcon's suit, much different. And the red, white, and blue was definitely clear. Right. Yeah. You, you see it. Yeah. Well, and you see yeah. also, you see also that, like, I like that it highlights the, the purity of the character, right? Where he's, he's, uh, has to be that paragon of virtue. But then the funny thing about the, about the, the speech is that it's, it's unpolished. And that was, that was so great because, you know, I, I think the, the thing we forget about Steve Rogers is that he had a lot of time on stage before he became, uh, you know, <laughs> the Captain America that we know. So he knew how to, how to organize a crowd, how to make a crowd feel, how to, how to really invest himself in the things that he was saying. And, um, you know, uh, Sam's never had that experience. That's, he's always been kind of the, the shadow guy. Like he's the guy that they go to, to get things done. He does some clandestine stuff. Uh, he doesn't have to get up and talk in front of anybody. And so he knew he had to, and it comes across unpolished, but it's, it's good that it came across unpolished. Like it wasn't, it wouldn't have felt right if he would been if it had been a perfect speech. So is Mackie going to be able to do some PSAs like Steve did, or <laughs> probably not? That'd be probably interesting. Not as well. <laughs> yeah. 
have him, have him with line girls dancing behind him and stuff. That would be, that would be really weird. <laughs> Sit there and have the little like speech for the high school kids, yeah. you know, or whatever. Uh, punching what? Hitler. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but it would be interesting to see, uh, to see a, a black Captain America go and speak to some disenfranchised kids in communities that are struggling. Because that's, you know, that's what, that's what was really, uh, you know, when they, when they reference him as the black Falcon, right? That was a, a an important moment to tell, you know, how people viewed the character and what he would be if he became Captain America. And so now that he's become Captain America, we do see this quality to him that's, you know, hey, you're better than this. And I, and I love that that's how he starts. It's like he's looking at people saying, you're better than this. Do it. You know, don't don't just uh, know that you can be better than this or say, well, we're doing the best we can. No, you're better than this. Uh, stand up and do that. So it's a, it's a really good moment, I think. And, um, and then we get a lot of kind of wrap up, you know, like, so there's the rest of the show is, is sort of wrap up where um, uh, they do manage to gather all the super soldiers. They're going to be sending them off to the raft. But then we get the, the reintroduction of Zemo, right? So he's been quiet for the last episode. Now this last, this final moment, he gets his, uh, his final revenge where the butler has laid a, a bomb in their transport and uh, kills all of the super soldiers. So there are no more except for one. And I think that's going to be an important point is that um, you still do well two. You still do have Bucky and um, uh, Walker are still super soldiers. Right. The U S agent. Right. <laughs> and so now we see, um, and now we see, and then we see, uh, yeah, at that same time we see Walker uh, get his new code name, which is U S agent. I'm intrigued to see what his new costume is going to look like. That's going to be, interesting and uh how that's going to play out for him uh and then we see barnes finally cross off the last name on his list and uh that's a tough moment just watching him you know have to be honest with that father that he's been friends with and and say hey i've got this thing i need to tell you uh and that had to be tough (laughs) and then in the end wilson makes it good makes good for bradley and uh gets his whole unit included in the Captain America exhibit. And that, that was a good moment. I think that was really, yeah, that was, that, that was, was awesome. Brings that whole story full circle, which is, which is nice. And I think it, I, I think it kind of helped. I mean, there, there definitely was like, um, the recognition and stuff, but also, you know, enabling him to let go of the bitterness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of like you're, you're not just this victim who was discarded. And and I believe it's Baltimore. If I looked it up, oh, there you go. Correct on what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's Baltimore. Yes, <laughs> but it yeah. was just discarded. But you were valued. They did do this, you know. So it wasn't just you know the new Captain America who made him do it, but you know they had this, and America did this and remembered you. Um, so it was. Uh, I think maybe there was a little bit of him saying maybe I was wrong to be as bitter as I was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because look at this. Yeah. And I definitely think I think the 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 story of you you have a mirror in the stories of um, the Winter Soldier having to forgive himself and ask forgiveness of the people that he had wronged, right? And the mirror to that in Sam is uh, having to come to terms with forgiving a system that has been so uh, so repressive to him and the and the, the people that he is a part of, right? And we see that in Bradley's character where. Uh, he couldn't forgive and, and let Sam become Captain America because he was so bitter about what had happened to him. 
and Sam is able to move past that and say, it's time. We need to, we need to really put that behind us and move forward, remembering all of those things, but remembering them for the, the, the good that they did in building a better people. Yeah. You were just saying like, you know, you're better than this. Do it was kind of his, his theme mm-hmm. towards the end. And that's exactly what it was. It's like, you're better than this. You're, you're better than just being this bitter old guy who's mad all the time, you know, you're, uh, and, and he showed him, mm-hmm. you know, in what, in, in, in what uh, they did with that play and including him in that. So, yeah. I like that. I like that ending. Um, I like how I put it up. What was, did, and refresh my memory because I haven't seen the last episode in a while. Um, did Bucky go back and kind of look through the window at that girl he had the blind date with, or uh, again? Yeah, he did. And yeah, see yeah. His, and see the father, and uh, but they didn't see him. He just was kind of right. watching that they were like he couldn't be a part of that now. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought I remembered that. I was just trying, trying to put it together in my head. He's he's got the toughest position out of any character in the MCU uh, now that Steve's gotten a chance to retire and be old right bucky's bucky hasn't had that chance yet <laughs> yeah yeah i know really he's what does he tell the girl i'm 100 or whatever he goes i don't remember but yeah she just thinks he's joking right it's like no no i'm serious <laughs> i am actually <laughs> <that old. laughs> yeah um, where where do we think steve rogers is that's that's a it's an interesting we were having that talk before before the uh before the show we're like uh, where was he I, I think so. This is a good time. I will just to wrap up the the credits scene with um, uh, Sharon Carter uh, is being reinstated. She's been forgiven for her things and then is being reinstated. And you know we've we've touched on that I think enough that that we know Emily Van Camp is capable of being the evil character. And I'm interested to see where where it goes in the future. But when we were talking earlier uh, before the show, uh, Andrew, we were saying that we're hoping that uh, Loki since the show is playing with time so much uh might be uh might take up the the challenge of well what where was steve you know where was steve in new york and in all of these other things that the uh the avengers were going through did he just sit on the Mm -hmm. sidelines or was he actually there uh helping out so it's a good time to open up the discussion to broader mcu stuff because um i think where wandavision changed a lot of things about what we know about uh wanda and vision and kind of that group going forward this one didn't change them so much as it just kind of filled in those holes that we didn't know of so show ends with okay no it's not the falcon and winter soldier anymore it's captain america and winter soldier so uh what do you guys think what are your predictions for the next things that we're going to see in the mcu oh boy (laughs) um obviously they're going to play again bringing up loki they're going to play a lot with uh time travel I think, you know, introducing the time stone and, and all the events and of Infinity War and Endgame, I think we're obviously just the beginning as far as like playing around with time and time travel. And then with WandaVision, kind of teasing that a little more, uh, especially at the end. And then uh, we know we're getting Doctor Strange uh, to literally call it the multiverse of madness. Um, so alternate universes, time travel, you know, this again with Loki, it's it's not like the OG Loki, it's a time variant Loki, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, I think, uh, and, and then with, there are a lot of rumors, you know, surrounding, uh, the next Spider-Man movie. Um, and we already know like, uh, Doc Ock from the Tobey Maguire movie is in it. And, uh, Jamie Foxx's uh, Electro is in it. So obviously they're going in this multiverse direction. 
And I think that uh, it's going to be interesting to see how like the original Avengers that are left, like Falcon and, and Winter Soldier. I mean, he, Winter Soldier is more of a later Avenger, but, you know, still part of the, I would say, the OG crew. How do these characters moving forward, how do they play in this? It's going to be really interesting. And yeah, I mean, will we uh, there's just so much possibility. It's like it's 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 really fun to think of what they could do, you know, seeing these different seeing different iterations of these characters that we love. They could also get him into a little trouble mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because it's hard. I mean, with the major characters, they have to be really sensitive uh, because they have like so much uh, history behind them and, and emotional attachment, you know. So if like Chris Evans were ever to come back and, and play Captain America again. But like a different version of him, like how would that be received? You know, but yeah, I think I, I like that they're going towards like a more more into like the fantastical aspects of, you know, these comic book stories. Um, yeah. But as you can tell, they can still keep it really human and, and really grounded, like with WandaVision, you know, it dealt a lot with grief and and, and loss and, and how how we deal with that as as human beings. And then obviously we we've talked, you know, we've talked, you know, throughout this whole podcast about you know how these characters have grown you know through their uh you know with their emotional struggles and 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 all, and all the situations that they've had to deal with with the fallout of uh previous films yeah i think as i think marvel will still keep that balance but introducing all these sort of like crazy multiverse sort right. of uh aspects to it is just gonna make make it that much more bigger if that's even possible to do yeah <laughs> with with this uh with this universe um so yeah i'm i'm just you know i'm i'm here for it i'm excited to see where it's headed next too in that sense yeah i i think that they I mean, they set such a standard the 10 years of of excellence i mean uh i i was talking with uh when i was talking with dom when on one of the podcasts when we did uh one of the movies uh i was mentioning they haven't done a a, a bad one and he said well you know the dark world and i'm like no that's that's one of my favorites <laughs> you know, yeah i'm sorry i mean if you're just you, you can't say that and i mean obviously everybody has maybe a, like certain ones they don't think were as good as others but iron man but too. really uh, what's that iron man 2 see i really like <laughs> iron man 2 <laughs> yeah it was, it was okay i mean i you know i wasn't that crazy but it was good but no i mean you know when as taken as a whole it's just it's just amazing i keep hoping that some of that magical rub off the more and more of what the Star Wars genre comes out with, mm-hmm. uh, so that more than just the Mandalorian is something we can be, uh, uh, you know, happy with. But um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for Loki. Uh, I just want to see Tom Hiddleston be Loki, you know, like and just be able to just really like focus on on his character and see where it goes and what he does and how he responds to all these things. And um, it, it's in the previews, it looks like things are being done to him, like he's dealing with uh-huh. all this stuff. But you forget what Loki can do. Right. Other. I mean, like what what kind of tricks up his sleeves and what kind of images he's going to project and, and all this stuff. And they're not going to know what which way is up or down, you know, with him. Uh, it's it's going to be great. And you got. Um, a, a, am I correct that uh, Love and Thunder is going to be with the um, uh, with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, is he going to be that's when we saw him last. He was flying off for Star-Lord. And I would pay a lot of money to see him and. Star Lord interaction. <laughs> for a I mean, that's just that's just awesome, you know. Or to see uh, Chris try to do a, an Australian accent as he tries to act like Thor. <laughs> that was the best. Uh-huh. So, um, and uh, it's going to be neat to finally see. They've been kept pushing it back, but um, 
Black Widow's movie mm-hmm. uh, going to be coming out. I think this summer, right? This summer, it's, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of just a lot of stuff uh, to look forward to and enjoy as we slowly, uh, you know, rub our eyes as we're coming out of this pandemic. I know. Like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it's been it's been a blessing and a curse for the the cinematic universe because it's uh, you know they wanted to get these shows off the ground and. Uh, it's almost like they orchestrated this whole thing to force us to have to start doing streaming uh, more, but I, I am not a conspiracy theorist in that way, guys. I mean, I, I, just to be clear to everyone. Uh, no, that's, uh, but I, I think it, this has been, it's been really good for them because it, it has provided that avenue for them to be able to, to really engage in the streaming shows. And I, and I keep talking to people. I'm, I'm a huge comic book fan. I've been a comic book fan for my entire life. And some of my favorite comic book runs were the one-off storylines that were, you know, you had your mainline X-Men story or your mainline um, Avengers stories and stuff like that. But then you had these one-offs where it would be about Wolverine and Rogue. And that was, uh, it was just a small offshoot series that was just about those two characters. Or, you know, a just small offshoot series about, um, I'm, I'm, I was a big X-Men fan, so that's why most of mine are X-Men references. But, uh, you know, like the uh, Cyclops and uh, Jean Grey, uh, Scott Summers and Jean Grey and how their marriage went, like what their relationship was like, especially once she became a super care, a super uh, being like beyond godhood almost. And um, those were so cool because it, it really allowed the writers this, this freedom to just do kind of whatever they wanted to with the character. And we're seeing that uh, in these uh, presentations of like, you know, here we have uh, Sam and uh, Bucky and their, and how they have to deal with their life. And so they have a lot more freedom to tell a longer story that gets a little more detailed and a little bit more off of the beaten hero path. And there's still action and there's still all the cool hero stuff, but we get the freedom to really get a good story out of them. And I'm looking forward to so many more of these. I hope they keep doing this uh, indefinitely because it really is the next kind of evolution, in my opinion, of what the MCU uh, should be. Any final thoughts before we close it out? I can't wait for again. I'll reiterate. Can't wait for Loki yeah. and <laughs> all the previews yeah. are so good. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I I hate that we. I mean, we Falcon and Winter, Winter Soldier came out what a week after one of it or two weeks after one yeah. division. I think it was, it was pretty close there. Yeah, it's a shame that we have to wait this long for Loki, but we're almost yeah. there. Yeah, they moved it up. So uh, yes, That's thank good. goodness. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, something's is, working. Is it, how many episodes is it? Um, I think it's uh, a, I think it's a six episode run. So I think it's uh, the same. They're over so fast. Yeah, it's like you just started getting into it, and it's like there's only two episodes left. What? But I like that uh, they're yeah. releasing them week by week. That's my. I'm, yeah, that is a yeah. very good. Because then they really would be over fast. Yeah, it gives you time to digest it. You're not just yeah. inhaling the whole thing all at once. You know, you really have right, to think right. about each episode. And you and you have that moment at the end of each episode where you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next week? I can't wait for it. <laughs> Yeah, the real cliffhangers instead of like I'll just watch the next one. Yeah, exactly. So, and I will say my only problem with this show, but my big complaint is at the end they changed the name of the show to Captain America, but they didn't give Bucky another superhero name. Like they didn't call it like they didn't say Captain America and the White Wolf or something like that. They called him the Winter Soldier still, and it's like, oh yeah, no, he had the same thought. I had I had the same thought actually. That's funny you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, didn't he just? He's not Winter Soldier he's anymore. We just saw him like, yeah. he crossed that last name out. He's he's moving on. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, Maybe that'll be the next 
series, you know, part two of the series. There you go. It'll be more of his transformation. He'll get a new suit that's more white, you know. And- <laughs> we'll another name. Well, and but see, and see, I think this is where the danger in that is, is because that would be a totally new comic book thing. Because Winter Soldier is that character; that's who he is. He's that in the comic books. He's that kind of throughout. And the, the White Wolf is a, a a sort of gag. You know, it's one of those names you give somebody when you're uh, trying to kind of encourage them and move them along in their path. But he never really becomes the White Wolf as like a as a superhero or something like that. So this would be a new thing. Right. They got, got a new name, but I'd love to see that. We shall see. Alrighty. Well, that's it from us. Uh, what did you think listener about the Falcon and the winter soldier? Uh, be sure to email us or comment on our Facebook or Twitter page and let us know. You can email us any feedback by finding StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash media and on Twitter at SQPN. Find previous episodes of Secrets of Movie and TV Shows. Please visit sqpn.com slash secrets. Uh, you can be sure that we'll be uncovering the secrets of time travel with Loki coming out later this summer. But until then, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And Mike Dens, thank you as well. Had a great time, guys. Thanks. And once again, I'm Thomas Senherho. Thank you for listening to the Secrets of Movies and TV on StarQuest. <laughs>